Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod podcast episode 290 for April 1st, 2020. Today's guest is writer, publisher, and editor of Tofu Magazine, Ryan Patey. I'm your host, Michael Heron. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 14 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at Michael Heron or email me at MikeyPod at gmail.com. <laughs> Usually I do a little update right now about um, where I'm going and I make little notes to myself <laughs> or, you know, like what's going on with me currently with my work and personal whatever stuff I share. And today's notes are just, wow, <clears throat> this is the first uh, podcast from like the new world of there being a pandemic, which like feels the whole thing feels so surreal. And I've been wanting to put this podcast out for like two weeks and everything just keeps getting worse. <laughs> like not so bad that you can't see that it's probably like, we're all gonna, not we're all, we're all not gonna make it. Like this is bad. <laughs> so it's been really hard because I don't know what to say about that. The last podcast I did with Seth Tibbet from Tofurky was the first podcast after I'd gotten this commission to do a show, to write a show and travel to India and um, do work on my next solo show with Dixon Place. Since then, Broadway has shut down. Every All the theaters in New York City are shut down. Like it's, and so many things are shut down. Like I, I think I'm. Uh, most of you already know all this stuff, and in some ways, I think of this podcast as kind of a time capsule. So, yeah, this is weird. And like, what do you say about that? I guess I, you know, I've been, um, just sort of disassociated from the whole thing until you know there are little little <clears throat> excuse me moments like coughing right there I'm like ah are you having that too well you know I'm really feeling disassociated from the entire thing and and it's sort of lifting now I sort of identified that um you know I was super super sad a couple weeks ago um and crying a lot you know just trying to like grieve I guess what is changing? <laughs> like everything's suddenly different. And this will probably pass. And um, many of us will see the end of it. Right? <laughs> like, I don't know. But everything's di like everything's different now. And once it passes, assuming it does, Everything, it's going to be another different thing that wasn't like, we're not going to go back to what it was like a few weeks ago. So it's a lot. It's, I'm really overwhelmed. And then there's these thoughts of like, well, what, do I keep working on my show? Because I can't go to India. Not right now. And I don't know when I will. So here's what I am doing. I was talking to a friend, my friend Daima. She's been on the show before. She's also been, I've known her since the early 90s. And she is um, a artist colleague i think of her or is that what we called it i can't even remember it's been so long but she's like a touchstone in a lot of ways and we were messaging this morning um and it was kind of cool to have this reminder of like 
we both were talking about how afraid we are to do work. Like suddenly, and I wonder if you're having this too, because the world is kind of stopped in a lot of ways. And suddenly we have time, um, not money, <laughs> um, but time. And that's been my thing. Like, and I've been going through this already, but I think it's a fear of like, oh shit, like I don't have any excuses to not write. Like I have a pen and I have some paper um, and my computer works. Um, I have some keyboards here. I have my studio. So yikes, you got to do it now. I mean, you don't have to, I don't have to. I also have a TV and uh, unlimited, like <laughs> so much on the internet. Like there's plenty of other things to do. But I, so I don't have to, like I can do other stuff and there's a big, there's a good excuse, right? Like, well, it is a pandemic, so let's chill out a little bit. But the thing that works for me is the thing that I have access to doing right now, like a lot of access, a lot of time. Um, So anyway, the thing that she was saying was like, yeah, we'll go back to the, go back to the basics, morning pages, artist dates. The things that, if you're familiar with the artist way, um, that Daima was my first friend that she literally told me, I was like in my 20s, and like, I want to go back to playing the piano, all the different things in my life that I wanted to go back to. And she was like, get in my car. And she like drove me to the Art League of Houston. And we signed up for a workshop to do the artist way in person with a group of people. And that would change a lot for me. Um and it it made me realize like oh i don't have to do anything but i do like writing morning pages so why don't i go back to that so i'm going to try it and see how that goes and i'm going to make this podcast today and see how that goes and i'm going to share these interviews that i did before things got real heavy um and you'll hear in today's interview with ryan that um things are already heavy for him he's in vietnam right now um and so he's been at it for a couple months It'll be interesting to hear his perspective today, his perspective from, I think we did this interview maybe three weeks ago. So here, his perspective from three weeks ago and my perspective of asking questions, not knowing what today was going to look like. And it's all, it's all crazy. So, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So Ryan has a book out, Um, you know, well, hold on. I'll talk about Ryan in a second. <clears throat> I want to touch on Patreon for a second. Um, everything's changed. <laughs> this podcast is free. It's always going to be free. I'm always going to try to be consistent with it. Um, if you like it and you would like to see me continue to do the type of work I do, you can subscribe on Patreon for bonus podcasts, um, digital downloads. I'm going to still do zines. Um, but if you can't, don't. And if you're already subscribing and you can't, unsubscribe. It'll still be here later. Um, some people did. Like I have a big chunk of people leave Patreon, and you gotta you gotta take care of yourself. Obviously, I, you probably hopefully don't need me to tell you that. Um, but Patreon is a weird thing, right? Like I love it, but in a moment like this, there's emotional attachments to this kind of thing that I would like to let go of. Um, and I hope you will too. And I hope you know that I have let go. That said, if you do want to continue to support art, patreon.com slash Michael Heron. 
I could use the support. And um, they'll, you'll get plenty of stuff in exchange for that stuff. All right, so that's my Patreon thing. Everything's weird, Everything, right? Like, how are you guys doing? Will you let me know? Email me. Let me know how you're doing and how you're handling all this. Like, I feel like this has been a real weird intro to the show. Um, but it's an odd time, right? All right, so enough about me and the pandemic. <laughs> Today's guest is Ryan Patey. He's the editor of Tofu Magazine, which started in 2007 in Canada, but he has since gone on to establish a worldwide audience. Nominated as one of the best vegan magazines in 2018's VegFest UK Awards, the magazine takes a pro-intersectional, anti-oppression approach to veganism in an effort to extend the conversation beyond the plate. He has also just released a new book, Digitally, which is really great and it's really weird <laughs> because it's written about him traveling and being a full-time house sitter, which I think is changing. <laughs> you know, like traveling is not happening so much right now anywhere. Like this is happening all over the world. I know you know that. I'm saying it because it's just blowing my mind. Um, but the book is still fun to read and it's called This Job is Shit or How I Became a Full-Time House Sitter to Travel the World. He'll be joining me right after this track from Izzy. It's called, um, wait, it's, I love that I'm stumbling on the name of this song that I co-produced. It's called No Excuse, the Animal Rights Anthem. It's by Izzy. I did a lot of the production on this, um, the writing. We worked together on it. Um, it's a great song. I feel really proud of it. And there's a really good video that he made of it as well. So um, hi, Izzy, if you're listening. And hi, people who are listening, if you're listening. This song is called No Excuse, and after this we'll have the interview. Quick shit, we all rock. Or 
on solid. Paul Donald Watson's. I got the side of righteousness. What you got, son? Be the change, make a move. See the range of possibilities. Freeze the groove and be strange. Be weird against the grain. Fight the man, derail the plan. If only just because you can. How the fuck you gonna deny it? You kill because you like it. Because you don't really need it. Really don't need to wear it or eat it. Joining me now on the podcast is Ryan Patey, who is the editor of Tofu Magazine, the author of, um, oh God, come on, I just wrote it down, and I just read it, <laughs> This Job is Shit. <laughs> I like saying shit like that, this job is shit. I was going to say, the way you just said it, it kind of means like, are you talking about you as the podcast person, <laughs> or the title of my book? It's all open for uh, interpretation to <laughs> listeners. Welcome to the show, Ryan. <laughs> thanks i'm glad to be here (laughs) i'm glad we started off with like a little just a little what um oh yeah it's it's all downhill from here (laughs) yeah so we've there's so many things i could talk to you about but i just read your book this morning so let's talk about that first Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's base it's it's almost like a how-to book, but also sort of telling the story of how you have become a sitter, a house sitter. Yeah, I mean, basically, um, like I, I think, and if if you finished it, you know that the ending's a little, it's a little bit of a downer near the end. Um, yeah. But basically, what happened was I've been house sitting for like four to five years now, and last year was a little rough. Uh, so I kind of decided to take that experience and give kind of a, like a more honest account of what happens with house sitting and like, especially if you try and do it full time. Um, so I wanted to kind of veer a little bit away from like just one, two, three of a how to kind of book. Um, but obviously like, you know, sharing my experience, I do kind of cover at least in the beginning, like how I got started and everything. And, um, I just sort of feel like there's there's lots of blogs and there's at least a few people that have done like books that are more in depth how to. Uh, and I've actually been talking with my sister who she house sits uh, back in my home province, but like she has her own place and she has her own animals and everything. So she does it sort of as a side gig and she gets paid, whereas I do it for free and um, I travel. So I think together we're going to do like a how to book. Maybe if we're feeling creative, it might be like an adventure of your own choosing kind of thing where like, you know, if you want to find out how to maybe be like a paid sitter that does things like more local, you can kind of follow her story. Or if you want to do more of the international thing and like the sort of free through some websites, you follow mine. Um, We'll see. But yeah, for now, this book was more like, here's my experience, the good and bad stuff. And, you know, if this still has you wanting to house sit, then... I highly recommend it. Go for it. That's, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it made it seem, well, a couple of things that were interesting to me. Like, I've always just known you because when I met you, you were distributing Tofu Magazine, which I've been a fan of ever since. Um, so, but I never really thought, I knew you traveled a lot, but I never really wondered, <laughs> like, what... What are you doing going to all these places? You're in you're in uh, Vietnam right now, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been basically hopping between like Thailand and Vietnam for the last uh, just a little over three years now. Um, and before that, I spent I guess it was a little under a year uh, going between. Let me see. I think I was in Ireland. Uh, I was in England. I visited a friend in Sweden. Then I went to Greece, and then I went to Turkey. And then I did the big hop over to Southeast Asia and I've just kind of been like quote unquote stuck here ever since. Um, but yeah, like I guess the first time we met would have been the first tofu tour. I did three of those over the last, I don't know how many years. Um, and I'm kind of like, I've always had, I guess like, you know, the good old like itchy feet and the desire to travel and, uh, my background, like helping out musicians and stuff kind of led to showing me that that was possible. And, you know, there are alternate ways to do it besides just like a two week vacation and going to like, whatever, some like beach resort or something like, you know, for better or worse, you could hop in a van with strangers and travel for a month and, um, and, you know, go to shows where maybe there'll be like two people and you can sleep on the floor of some guy's house. And, um, so all of that, despite the ups and downs of that, it didn't deter me from wanting to do more. And, yeah, eventually, I guess it was about five years ago, I quit my last job and just kind of, I've been in a way kind of on the road ever since. And house sitting just made sure that I didn't have to spend a lot of money on hotels and hostels. I think, I don't remember the last time I paid rent, but I think it was at least five years ago, which is a really nice thing to be able to say. <laughs> it's exciting. And also, are there times when it feels a little terrifying to not have a, or maybe terrifying. I'm overstating it where it feels a little (laughs) puts you on edge, a small amount to be, um, to, uh, to not have an address like a permanent address. Uh, every time I have to deal with the government, definitely. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I like they, they do not appreciate not having a permanent address and, Unfortunately, my parents actually uh, sold our family home and moved to like their cottage on the lake. And so they don't even have a permanent address themselves. They have a P.O. box, which like for things, say, like a passport is not not valid, like they don't accept it. So I've had interesting conversations with uh, various government people who are like, well, what do you mean? Like, where do you live? Where do you send your mail? What about if there's, you know, an emergency? Where would the ambulance go? And I'm like. They wouldn't because there's no community services where my parents live. Like it's a cabin <laughs> on the lake. Um, and I like I voted in the last federal election in Canada and that was a whole ordeal. Like I couldn't register because they didn't know what district to put me in in my home province. And eventually I had to register as like uh, a Canadian national outside of the country or whatever and had it delivered to the embassy here. Um uh. Yeah, because they wouldn't accept my parents' P.O. box. But yet, like, a week later, my parents got their little voter registration cards. And, yeah, anyway, so um, it has – there's definitely been times. I actually – today for, like, the throwback Thursday social media thing, I was looking at – 
I did this post just before I left Newfoundland, which was like my trip to Ireland. And that was like my first big international sit. Like I had done some in the States, but you know, Canada and the States, it's their neighbors. They're maybe not always friendly neighbors, but it's not quite as big to go to the States or go to Canada. So like I was headed to Ireland and at the time I think I had a sit in Ireland. I had one in England and then I had maybe one in Greece. I can't remember, but I had like two to three months before I had a sit book for Vietnam. So I had no idea what was going to happen in those two to three months. Um, and I just kind of figured, okay, whatever. I've got two or three sits. Uh, Europe is an incredibly popular place, like within the website that I use. So it's like, I'll just see what happens. Um, and I didn't quite fill out the calendar as much as I wanted. I would have liked to have spent more time in Europe, uh, before I came to Southeast Asia. But, um, you know, it, it's still, I still managed to get a few other sits and I ended up in like Turkey, which was never on my map and is still like one of my favorite places. Um, but yeah, since then there's been, you know, there's been lots of times where, one day I wake up and I'm like, oh, God, I don't know where I'm going to be in two weeks. And then, you know, by the end of that week, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm booked for the next three to four months. And, uh. you know, but like that being said, now um, in the last maybe six or seven months, uh, I've kind of ironically enough, I put out this book and then I'm kind of semi retiring because um, my partner actually lives here in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. And I've been like basically living with her when I'm here. So I do have like, I do know where I'm going to be <laughs> at least for most of the time. And now I'm just kind of like, I have one homeowner in Chiang Mai, Thailand that I sit for regularly. So I've done a few things for her and now I'm just being a little pickier. Like if I see a pretty cool sit come up between like here or Thailand or Malaysia, then it's like, Ooh, maybe we'll take like a little two week vacation to do this. Like whatever little, you know, off grid house sit in like Southern Malaysia or something. And, um, so right now it's more like just an adventure as compared to like the last few years, it was like, this is my home and I need to fill these calendar dates. Um, but I mean, that being said, like, even though Southeast Asia isn't that popular, I spent maybe, I'd say in the last four years, I did about two months in hostels and otherwise like I was doing house sits or sleeping on some friends' couches. Hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, it still worked out relatively well. And Southeast Asia is definitely one of the like less popular spots on the website that I use, like Europe and Australia and like Canada and the States have way more sits on like in terms of regular listings. Um, but that being said, they're also, you know, way more popular. So, uh, depending on how much you want to get into the house sitting stuff, I can explain more, but it's not a super easy gig. Like, you know, just cause you apply doesn't mean you're going to get it. And so sometimes being in the less popular areas kind of works better. Cause you're like, maybe you're like a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Is that a vegan, is that a vegan metaphor to use? I mean, the fish isn't being hurt, so I think it's okay. Yeah. I think right? it's just a fish swimming around. They're yeah. just, they are just a fish swimming around. I exactly. said it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh -oh. Well, maybe you could give like just a little, could you give a, just a quick rundown of how it works? So it sounds like you use a website that, uh, yep. do you, people make listings that they're looking for a house sitter and you apply to it through the website? Is that generally how it works? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so basically it's, 
it's pretty much like uh, the way I always talk about it is it's basically like online dating, except more involved than it's not exactly like the Tinder of house sitting. Like you don't just swipe <laughs> and suddenly you're paired up with like two dogs in a pool villa. Um, you like you create your own profile and uh, in the beginning you're just kind of starting from scratch. So it's just your profile and your smiling face and hopefully some animals in the photos and you just kind of send out, you know, people put up their listing and you'll get an email saying, Hey, you know, this listing is available in like New York city or whatever. If you're interested in it, you go on, look at the profile, you hit send message and you basically apply and you say, Hey, you know, I'm available. Check out my profile, blah, blah, blah. Um, if they like you, then they say, Hey, this is cool. Um, ideally you do like a Skype chat with them just to kind of, you know, figure that out. If you're in the same city, I highly recommend to actually meet up like at a cafe or something, if they're cool with meeting at their place, then that way you also get to meet the animals because I mean, your ability to like, you know, get along well with them is probably even more important than your ability to get along with the homeowner. Um, and then you kind of do that, you get a feel for each other. And if everyone feels okay with it, then that's it. They confirm you on the website. And then when the day comes or usually like a day or two before, uh, you know, you show up, they give you the rundown of everything Typically with the site I use, they'll have like a guide, uh, either printed out or available on the site. That'll be like, you know, kind of emergency contact numbers, uh, feeding information, walking times, whatever, all the usual kind of stuff. And, you know, then you finish the sit, you have the ability to give them a review. They have the ability to give you a review. And obviously like the more, the more sits you do, hopefully you get a lot of better reviews. And then eventually like, you can apply for that, you know, penthouse suite in Manhattan for two weeks in the fall and you might have a better, you know, better, uh, what is it? Better opportunity than like, say when you're Joe, nobody with no, no references and everything. And, you know, versus like this retired couple from, I don't know where, who's been sitting for like six years. Ah, <laughs> mm. uh, that, I mean, it seems like a really fun gig. It, um, I mean, it can be like, there's, there's definitely some ups and downs, but I mean, it's kind of like, for me, the thing is that like when I use the website, it sort of filters out some of the weirder situations because the site I use like trusted house sitters, you have to pay for it. And so paying that fee kind of keeps away, uh, the people that are less serious about it. So pretty much everyone I've dealt with through there, like serious, uh, dog and cat lovers, and, you know, they really want their animals to be taken care of. And that's why they're going through this route. And I mean, a lot of them, yeah, I mean, I've been in some places that aren't exactly like really great, but compared to like many of the places I've lived in in my life, like, especially when I was, you know, living with like, uh, I mean, I not, not to stereotype you, but let's say rock musicians <laughs> I was living with. Um, uh -huh. I mean, at one point, you know, I had two drum kits in the house and there was like two drummers and just like McDonald's bags everywhere and whatever. Whereas like through house sitting, I've honestly spent like, what was it about a month with like a private villa with a caretaker and a pool and access to a vehicle and like a small town in like sort of central Turkey, like on the coast um, there were olive trees there and citrus trees and carob trees. And all I had to do was like walk the dogs. I think it was like twice a day, make sure they were fed. And other than that, I just hung out 
you know, woke up in the morning, went out on the balcony, listened to the call to prayer, ate my breakfast, did my thing, watched like five seasons of The Sopranos because they had the DVD sets. <laughs> and like, I didn't pay for it, right? I mean, I paid for my flight, but like compared to spending, you know, a few nights in Bangkok in a 12 person dorm with a bunch of backpackers that are there just to get drunk and, you know, all that stuff, it's, it's way better. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, hey. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, but obviously, yeah, there's there's the downsides. I've got plenty of horror stories. I mean, it's anyone who's, like, taking care of animals, right, especially if you've taken care of it kind of from, like, the very beginning of that, like, partnership, we'll say, to the unfortunate end, um, you know, depending on, like, cause I've, because I've been here for three years, I've sat for some people, like, long term. I mean, the woman that I set for in Chiang Mai, like originally when I started, there were six dogs. There's now three. And, you know, so there's been like, I've been there when one passed away. Uh, I've talked with her on the phone, like the day that one of them passed away and, you know, kind of helped her get through that. Like we're both still sort of grieving over that one. Um, so, yeah, it kind of. It depends. Like if you're not going to do it full time, maybe you can manage to avoid these things. But it is something where you're like, I'm going to give it on the road for as long as I can for years and like do house sitting full time. Part of the reason why I put the book out is to be like, look, these are the things that are going to happen. Like it's a job. It's not all going to be like, you know, puppy cuddles and purring cats. There's going to be like 3 a.m. issues of I don't know what and having to clean up as the title suggests, shit, and, you know, everything else, right? So it's a job. It can be good. It can be bad. You just, as long as you expect it, I think you can make it turn out to be pretty great. And it can show you the world if you do it right. <laughs> so I want to, like, switch gears a little bit and talk about um, a visit you did. I- I'm thinking yesterday, but that's <laughs> when I started seeing the video. Um, you visited a quarantine center for uh, the coronavirus, which we're all thinking about, yep. uh, yesterday, can you talk to <laughs> talk about what what that was like? Yeah, so um, my partner's actually a journalist here in Saigon for um, one of the, one of the major national papers, uh, and I've kind of kind of started doing a bit of writing for them as well. And so yesterday, the um, what's the name of the Korean Association in Ho Chi Minh City? Uh, visited one of the facilities because there was, I think, about 50 South Koreans there that um, I don't, I think at the time, none of the cases were confirmed as positive. But because of, you know, the way things are being handled and everything, obviously, like people come in on flights, or if they were around people that have been confirmed or whatever, then they're also being quarantined. Uh, And because of the way that things have been going in Korea, uh, I think most countries now are either like uh, denying flights from there or when people land they're being quarantined for 14 days for observation so this facility had about 50 south koreans and i think around 200 vietnamese people um and so this korean association wanted to go there to drop off supplies to kind of help boost morale um so we're talking like choco pies and like a lot of seaweed snacks and uh i think some baguettes and like all these other sort of things um so they invited some of the local media to cover it, and uh, she said, "You know, do you want to do you want to go?" And I said, "Sure." Um, 
And it just so happens I do like a weekly Wednesday travel thing. So this is part of why she invited me because she knows I do this. She was like, well, this could be an interesting thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was a little hesitant to post it because, you know, people are obviously fairly easily panicked about some things too. But I mean, like, and in the video I say, like, the thing I really wanted to kind of put across is that like everyone that the news is talking about, like these numbers are real people, right? Like, you know, these are not like, I feel like a lot of people are acting like this is some sort of zombie apocalypse movie. Like, you know, everyone's stockpiling stuff and like super worried about getting infected and like, but I mean, you also, yes, it should be taken seriously. And it is obviously there are people that are dying and everything, but I just feel like when I say, Oh, I visited a quarantine facility, like everyone has these images thanks to like Hollywood and stuff. And I mean, literally we went there I saw like, I didn't actually see maybe more than a half a dozen people and they were like, not even across the room from me. Like they were down the road and we were just in this administration building. We dropped off all these boxes and, uh, there was a couple meetings had, we took some photos and then that was it. So like, I feel, you know, if I've been exposed to it at all, it happened more like while I was out in the city versus at that place. And I mean, there was definitely, there was, you know, security like Interpol was there and a bunch of other people. And like, we had to make sure we had clearance and everything. And it was a whole ordeal, but it wasn't like, you know, people in cages, like clamoring for like attention or anything. It was all like, I mean, if I didn't know, like I would have just thought I was like out, I'd say sort of like some subdivision that was like a failed development. Uh. <laughs> like it was just a bunch of buildings with like some dry leaves on the road and like it was super quiet. I mean, there was a whole bunch of jackfruit trees there that were growing. And my first thought was like, is anybody picking these? Like, is anybody going to eat this jackfruit? That's so, I've, I've never seen. I love that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus epidemic. That's, that's great. But what, tell me more about that jackfruit. How does it grow? <laughs> <It's>, it's, <laughs> uh, you're probably a vegan. If, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, one of the things that you said, and I think you just kind of touched on it pretty well, was this whole, I, I think your video was great. It was great for me because I feel like I'm pretty low-key about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But even still, when I saw that you'd been to the quarantine place, I was like, <laughs> what? Like, I had that first internal, like, why would he do that? Like, yeah, we're not, like, we're not people, like, you know, because you've been in Asia all this time, like you have more experience with with what is going on. Yeah, like that. I'm, I'm, am I, I'm making the right connection here. It's not, I'm not being completely ignorant. No, no, no. I mean, like, cause, like this started in China. What in like November, or December? Like, yeah. you know, it was a while ago, and I mean, it didn't really hit the news until, unfortunately, like. I mean, if, if I was a virus, I would have picked around the same time, but in terms of like the spread of this, it was a really bad time. Like it was around the Chinese new year and the Vietnamese new year. So like basically everybody was going home, like traveling was at its peak mm. around here. Like Saigon empties out around the Vietnamese new year. And it's amazing. It's super quiet. And it's like, again, sort of post-apocalyptic because usually the city is just ridiculous, like scooters and noise and whatever. But around that, everybody goes back to their hometowns. So 
you know, everyone's in the airports and the bus stations and the train stations. Blah, blah, blah. And this is still also kind of happening in China. Like they actually, when it sort of really started, they extended the new year because they wanted to kind of like hopefully have this play out before everyone would be back on the trains and the planes and the buses and everything. I mean, obviously it didn't go that way, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean like this has been months here. I mean, there's, there's been other stuff like my partner has been covering it in the news now for, I don't know how long, like they've for at least a few weeks, they were kind of like all hands on deck. Like it was just like, you know, get up at five or six in the morning and be paying attention to the news so you could report on like whatever was happening. And it's just been like, it feels like it's been going on forever now. Um, I mean, her son's been out of school for, I think it's at least a month. It started somewhere in February and Mm. the schools within Vietnam are closed at least until the end of this month. So like that has ramifications for everybody. I mean, parents are, you know, suddenly have to change their work schedules. And then all the teachers that are here, like foreigners and everything don't have employment because they're not getting paid for sitting at home. And then all these kids are just sitting at home with nothing to do. And they're going to end up in school till like July or whatever. So all these after school programs in the summer, are, I guess, going to have to be like changed and everything. And like, you know, the schools, like all the international schools and stuff would have, I think, taken like fees for this term. And now they're not putting stuff off. So they're, they're not going to be able to charge parents for the summer because it's not, you know, it's not the parents fault. So I don't know. It's been, it's been strange, but yeah. So this group decided to kind of like, cause obviously a lot of people are like still traveling. I mean, I left Chiang Mai like about a week ago. Um, and the Chiang Mai airport was dead. Like it was kind of creepy, but it's also burning season there. So like usually people kind of avoid it anyway, but even coming here, like the streets were relatively quiet. I got out of the airport and, uh, here in Saigon and like, I wasn't even hassled that much by like drivers when normally like the minute you come out of the airport arrivals area, they're like, okay, where you go, where you go? I take you, I take you, take you to your hotel. And you're just like, no, no, it's okay. Cause you know, like they're going to charge you more, but there's barely anyone there to hassle me, which, you know, for better or worse was uh, scary, but also nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, yesterday I had, I had to go to the dentist in mm-hmm. uh, Manhattan. I live in, Brooklyn and yeah. I had to get on the train at 7:30. I was dreading it cuz like oh it's going to be rush hour and I just yeah. h- walked right on and sat in a seat like we're it's already like seriously really getting quiet yeah um well, it was funny. the cars weren't empty but they were like eerily not busy yeah i um i was watching the what is it late night with Seth Meyers he did like the um God, what's it called? A closer look. Um, and I guess he showed a clip from the governor who was saying like, Oh, for those in New York city, uh, when you're on public transit, just, you know, try and move to a less dense vehicle to help slow the spread of the virus. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like New York city, do you think everyone's purposely picking the dense cars? (laughs) But (laughs) but it looks like people are finding a way, like either not going to work or it was, it was, Weird. And a lot of people, you might have seen them too on social media. People are taking pictures of, I had a friend who was going through Grand Central yesterday during rush hour and it was not packed. It's really, it's unnerving. Um, Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's strange. Like it's, the other thing is actually funny enough here and I didn't read the article. This is 
I hate when I say this. Like I read the headline, I didn't uh, read the yeah. article. I'll but I guess, guilty. yeah, I guess in China, like because of how much that they've shut stuff down to try and limit the spread, like their pollution rates were actually way down. Mm-hmm. Like over the last month or two, like twenty percent or something, because so many factories are closed, and the air here has been relatively better because there's way less scooters on the road. Like rush hour in the morning and the evening isn't as much of a like a spike in you know poor air quality so yeah it's it's weird like there's been some interesting pluses to come out of this but it's not like this is the reason why i wanted this stuff to turn out good like yeah yeah it's it's strange i mean there's no like there's no train lines or anything here in saigon like um so for the most part i've just been walking around and stuff but you can still notice it like there will be points where there's almost no scooters on the road and that just freaks me out because like it just that's not the way it should be it's like if you're going to bed and you know your city and suddenly it's quiet and you're like no wait where's the traffic noise like how am i supposed to sleep oh yeah (laughs) quiet before we started recording yeah you said something like it feels like it's kind of i don't know if wrapping up was your phrase but things are like sort of simmering down into like a normal state for you guys there and it feels like it's more happening elsewhere now I mean, like, I know, I know there are still cases here. Um, and in a weird way, it seems to be affecting, um, a lot of rich people, which like the anti-capitalist in me is kind of like, interesting. Hmm. Um, but I think it's more just the fact that the rich people have the privilege of being able to travel. Um, and so that's kind of what's leading to them, uh, you know, ending up interacting with other people and bringing it back. So, I mean, there are more cases and like the numbers are crawling up, but Vietnam has actually been doing a relatively good job of kind of controlling it. And like, uh, I think the World Health Organization and the UN um, were both kind of like applauding, you know, the the um, the government here for kind of the way they were handling things. And actually, not to plug all the late night hosts, but there was a, a piece on John Oliver about the coronavirus and they actually like... They reference there's a song that started in Vietnam to try and convince people to wash their hands. And it's super catchy. If you haven't heard it yet, you should listen to it. (laughs) It's super catchy. And so he was, you know, doing his typical thing. But he talked about it. And it was big news here. But I guess he he used a wrong map. Like there's some islands off the coast that are in debate with China. And the map on the HBO thing didn't show them as part of Vietnam. So here, when they broadcast the coverage, they had to, like, sort of put up a different image, (laughs) like, next to them. Uh, Um, So they've been doing a relatively good job. It's just, like, that whole, the beginning part. Like, you know, we're we're past case number one. Like, that that was a while ago. I think now, according to my partner, I think we're up in, like, the high 30s. Uh, for confirmed cases and obviously there's probably like I it's definitely there's definitely going to be more um, but I mean in like mid-February we had gone like I think a week or two with no new cases so it's more like what I'm seeing now in Canada and the states where it's like oh shit this is coming and we need to prepare for it is weird because I feel like I'm sort of on the outside looking in and I'm just like oh yeah we kind of went through that part and I don't know, for for some, for various reasons, I think some maybe which don't need to be explicitly said, I don't know if the States is going to go so well with it. Um, 
I feel like some people are not taking it that seriously. And those people are in positions where you need to be taking such things seriously. Like Um, the president. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. (laughs) Um, You know, although, I mean, the stock market's being affected, so maybe it will finally uh, kick him into action. But yeah, I mean, and that stuff too, right? Like seeing all these implications with the economy and everything, like, it's not even just the virus, like all the other stuff that is coming into play because of it is like, there's just going to be long-term ramifications of it. I mean, whether or not, like, according to that guy, this virus disappears when it gets warm, which obviously isn't going to really happen. Um, like whether or not it kind of does slow down, I'm sure we're still going to be dealing with like things, like I said, like schools closing and businesses and i mean how many like big events are canceled now like i mean south by southwest canceled for the first time in what like 30 years or something coachella i think is postponed until october yeah uh you know i mean in really important news obviously the bond movie is moved to november oh so, wow <laughs> yeah and i mean like there's just so much stuff right like i don't even know from a band perspective like i know a couple bands that are still going out on the road but I mean, a lot of bands have canceled their tours too. And like for independent musicians, that's like, that's your source of income. And now yeah. suddenly you have to cancel a tour that you probably spent the last six months planning. So like, even if this does die down, there's just, I mean, there's so much to come out. And the funny thing is like, not really funny, but every now and then I'm kind of like, what would happen if like these post-apocalyptic movies that we're so fond of, like the way they portray everyone's reaction is obviously not as bad as it would be because I mean like, yes, this is a serious thing, but like compared to say, you know, a zombie outbreak, this is not as drastic, but people are kind of losing their shit. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if it was a zombie outbreak, I feel like it would be way beyond most of the horror movies. I think people would just be like so much more extreme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, like I said in the video, it's just, we kind of got to remember that like, it's all people, right? And nobody, yeah. nobody wants to get this and nobody wants to feel like everyone's avoiding them. I mean, we actually, my partner and I actually talked about like us going to this quarantine facility, even if it was totally safe, people are going to have the reaction like you had in that sort of brief moment. And I mean, we're kind of like, we're sort of hermiting now anyways, because it's generally a good thing to be doing. But I don't know. I wonder if some of my friends here, if I called and said, hey, you want to go get a bite? If they'd be like, well, I don't know. Hmm. Tell me more about this quarantine facility you visited. <laughs> right? Well, so, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, we should. We all need to play it safe. But, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's, like, big amounts of racism and everything that came out of it since it came from China. And, I mean, I'm sure New York has stories of it just like well i mean any day i'm sure there is but i don't know i mean i'm not suggesting hug everybody that's obviously a bad idea but you know be kind at least yeah at a distance from afar <laughs> yeah but i think that's a really important message and i definitely wasn't just looking at facebook while we were talking <laughs> but if i had been i would see there's a group called queer exchange nyc on facebook And I think that, I mean, I just want to point this out because this is something that's really interesting about what human beings can also do. And someone wrote a post in this 
queer group, which is actually very, it's a very tight community that it's, I love because people are interested in helping each other. And this person says they're going to start making every week a large meal on Sundays and people who need, who are worried about food, if they're freelancers or people without steady income, people without paid sick leave, they can come yeah. with Tupperware and just pick up some food. And, and this person is going to make it, make two different things each week. Mm-hmm. One will be vegan, gluten-free, and the other one will be animals. But I'm happy wow. about the fact that they are doing this and just like how, here's this thing I'd like to do. Let me know if you'd like to help me or if you need food. Um, yeah. So it's beautiful when these things start popping up too. I mean, for sure. And like, I, I don't think it's surprising, right? That like, you know, it's, it's coming from like a queer group or like, cause I mean, it's always like the, the people that are oppressed on some level, right. That always end up kind of stepping out first to show compassion to like some other group of people. Cause I mean, you like there's, there's that knowledge of already, kind of having experienced some part of that, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's funny because like not to keep talking about the zombie thing, but there's actually a movie a little while ago. Um, and this is sort of where my brain is headed now. And the idea of like, if things do like when they do slow down, um, Ellen page was in it and I love the premise of it. I think I saw it and I don't remember how it ended, which I guess is a bad sign of the overall movie, mm-hmm. but it was this idea that like, the the zombie outbreak had happened and passed and so everybody was like cured in theory but basically they were all trying to reintegrate into society and so there was this division of like people who had been infected and people who hadn't and people who hadn't were still not trusting of the people that hadn't i mean obviously there was sort of underlying layers of like sort of racism and all this other stuff within the movie but that concept to me was something I wasn't familiar with. Like usually it's just like, Oh, the zombie outbreak, people die, blah, blah, blah. But this was kind of like, okay, what do we do if like when it's over and things kind of go back to normal? And a part of me now is wondering like, what is going to happen with this? I mean here, like in the media, they're not like outright naming people, which I think is smart because I think some people have definitely been threatening violence and everything towards those who've been, that have been infected. But like, people are kind of losing their, their humanity and their personhood, right? Like suddenly they're just patient 34 or whatever. And so I think it is important that like groups like this sort of have that kind of like, you know, openness and saying like, look, we're all going to go through a tough time. And like, you know, we all should at least try and extend our hands out a bit. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's weird. And (laughs) it's an interesting time to be, I guess alive and kind of seeing how this goes. But I mean, thankfully at least like we have this sort of modern technology. I mean, you and I are talking to each other right now and we don't have to do it in the same room. Yeah. So at least we're not as isolated as we could be if it was like 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, if we had to like, go ahead. Yeah. Like if we had to do this sort of like social distancing thing 30 years ago, like, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd go more stir crazy. I mean, through house sitting, I've spent tons of time on my own. I've done lots of remote sits where it's just been like me and a cat, Hmm. but I've been able to text people. I've been able to have like video calls with my parents and whatever. So I still have that connection. So like going through this sort of thing now, I think is a lot easier than if like suddenly you couldn't even go and hang out with your friends and have a coffee because like you just couldn't because it wasn't safe. 
But I mean, now we're so used to like just Netflixing and texting with our friends that it's kind of like, oh, well, now I have more of an excuse to not go out and be social. <laughs> yeah, um, that's I'm feeling that right now, like feel like, oh, I think I could just I, I better cancel all my appointments today. Yeah. When it's like, oh, it's not it's not time to do that yet. But I could watch Netflix all day instead. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I, it's hard to figure out, like, OK, am I making an excuse to isolate and be a hermit or is yeah. it really time? Um, Are there, I, I wonder if uh, it's like, I wonder how many of the sort of, I don't know what groups, but I know there are the big conspiracy theorists online. I wonder if there's any pushing the idea that this is all just like Netflix and like the hand sanitizer companies and the water companies <laughs> pushing to just stay home and wash your hands all the time and watch Netflix. I'm sure someone's <laughs> out there. saying Someone believes this is all it's about. Yeah. Uh, oh. oh my gosh i'm looking at the time we gotta wrap this thing up we've been talking too long so we talked we talked about house sitting we talked about the virus which is impossible to ignore yeah we talk, and, talked about that president of yours which is impossible to ignore as well <laughs> and i'm feeling a little a little targeted that you connected him to me somehow although i guess <laughs> we are connected hashtag um, not my president yeah where what there where's the best place to find you online wait where's the best place to get your book let's talk about where to get your book where to find you online and then we got to wrap this we got to wrap this thing okay uh ryanpady.ca shout out to canada um and that'll give you my online store which you can go through if you want it's a little more expensive there but it all goes direct to me minus a little paypal or whatever fee um otherwise i'm available through like amazon and i don't know burns and noble and apple and a bunch of other things the ebook thing is all new to me so i like having more than one distributor is weird but i think i've covered most of them mm -hmm. um so you can get it on your kindle and your whatever things people use <laughs> Uh, yeah i see can you tell i prepared this pitch in advance can you tell that yeah <laughs> i i my pitches for my work are similar <laughs> i'm out there on the things i'm out on all yeah. the things and for what it's worth i think you posted or wrote somewhere that you weren't sure how epubs would work like you you didn't know if they would be um the epub oh. format people who are listening i bought the epub format from your website and it's working just fine on all my uh apple devices so i was able really? to yeah i put i opened it on my computer um books oh. app and then i just opened it this morning on my ipad and it was just fine it all like syncs in the cloud and everything's great did it look the same on um, both the uh the cover i i need to double check <laughs> the cover didn't seem to come through this morning but everything seemed to oh be weird this morning anyway so but i'll check i i just to quickly say this has been like a lesson for me and like just letting go because like I did the tofu magazine for like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years now. And it's been a PDF and like I put it in print for a little bit, but I had like intense control over how it looked and the layout and the way people would see it. And to do an ebook, you have to let go of all of that. Mm -hmm. Like you just, and I tried, like I looked at it in different formats and on like my phone and my computer and in some like simulators of other platforms. And every time I'd be like, why? Why is that over there? Why does that title, why is it blue when it's black on this one? And like, it's so strange, but I'm just like, that's okay. Just let it go. And I'm just trying to practice that art. <laughs> like yeah. just putting, 
put it out in the world and let it be what it is. So but yeah, well, hard. I'm happy to hear that it worked. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'll let you know. I'll follow up with you. My iPad is not next to me right now, but <laughs> I don't. I can't imagine why the cover wouldn't open. Because yeah, anyway, this is stuff oh, yeah. we don't need to get into right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure there's a reason, but better people than us probably should explain it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of us being like, well, maybe it's this. Oh, yeah, people that that makes for good podcast content. Talking oh, about. Good. Our our thoughts about what might be happening <laughs> with <laughs> with various formats. Um, thank you for joining me on the podcast. People who are listening, you should definitely check out Ryan's work. This job is shit. Is the new book, and um, Tofu Magazine is still in the world and a beautiful thing. Well, thank you for all that. Um, yeah, sure. I, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that we could do this and you know maintain our social distance. Well, still, yeah. This contact. is this is a safe social distance. I don't even know how many miles apart we are, but I don't think we're gonna give each other any viruses. Far too many miles, my friend. We're like what twelve, thirteen hours in time zones. Yeah, yeah. I think That's we're wild. we're about as we're about as far away from each other as we can be. And look, we're still close as ever. <laughs> oh my Hooray god! For the modern world. Yay. Oh my God. All right. So we're going down a weird road. (laughs) Weird. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So it has finally come the moment we find what we're all made of. Simple reckoning that everyone now has to face And you can choose a path of fear to walk or one paved with love It's time to look into the mirror, decide which path to take Cause you know, you know, somewhere in your heart There's still a light that can burn in the dark Just listen, darling, Italians, they are singing from their windows And it hurts, it hurts, yeah, there's gonna be tears But each time you want to give in to fear Just listen, darling, Italians, they are singing from their windows Like every hill we've climbed prepared us for this mountain And now that we are well inside, it's time we make a plan And although you feel all alone, please know you are surrounded Surrounded by those who are doing everything they can, everything they can Cause you know, you know that you're not alone Right here with you in the unknown And somewhere out there Italians, they are singing from their windows It's hard, it's hard to find any hope But one thing that I think you should know That in their grief Italians, they were singing from their windows
with Italians are singing from their windows. Sabrina is a Facebook friend who we had a really interesting, I love social media for moments like this. She made a post on her Facebook page several months ago about going to a Laurie Anderson talk and having an extra ticket. I replied saying, yeah, I would love to go with you. How do we know each other again? And neither of us knew. So we wound up hanging out and going to see this talk and it was really lovely. And, um, yeah, so she's also recorded that beautiful song. Um, it's so great. Like, these are the things that it's. I'm grateful for music and art and books and magazines and all the things that are being created and that we will see being created in response to this super fucked up time <laughs> that we're having right now. Speaking of that, um, support these artists. You can buy Sabrina's music uh I think it was a dollar to track down this song on Bandcamp. I'll put links. I always put links to the artist, the music, um, whoever I talk to. Um, Ryan just reminded me, or he just told me that all of the issues of Tofu Magazine are available in a single download right now for whatever price you want. Um, you could get his book. I'll put links to all of these things at MikeyPod.com. I hope you're all staying, staying safe and healthy and feeling the way you need to feel. <laughs> So we can get to the other side of this. Um, and thank you to my patrons who uh, keep this podcast going. You you help pay the bills uh, to make the podcast happen in my other work, which uh, I feel good about getting rolling on again. So, yay. <laughs> New podcast. Probably next week. I'm not making any promises. It's been really hard to produce stuff, but um, I, it makes me feel better. So, anyway... <laughs> This is a weird ending. Everything's weird. I, everything, my conversations with people is weird, are weird. It's weird. You know, you're probably feeling weird too. So let's be weird together. Um, hit me up, MikeyPod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know if you need anything. If you need to talk to somebody outside of your realm, um, let me be that person. I'd really be happy to do that. All right. Take care.